0: about something tonight that you know really I I, I don't want to sound prideful I don't want to sound like I know it all and and I don't and I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg and it's something that we just don't hear a lot from the pulpit well or in, in messages that I've heard but it's uh it's what I want to talk about tonight and I know it's very dear to me and I know it's all dear to you but we we don't hear it as often and it's giving and receiving it's and reaping and uh, you know about finances and stuff so you know I spent time in the word and and I just heard from God and I'm just going to tell you what he told me so so yeah so you know a lot of people pray over the offering and that's that's wonderful but you know uh, I, I enjoy when I hear a message on finances and so on and reaping because I, I just believe it's not preached enough you know what I mean I think Um, And I think because why is because, you know, people have uh, an idea that, you know, you're out for their money or that, you know, God wants you poor, God doesn't want you to have nice things or, you know, but it's not that way. And I'm just going to read some scriptures to you and tell you some stories. And yeah, I pray that you get something out of it like I did. And I'm preaching to myself here. This is what God showed me, and this is, this is what I'm just going to share with you. So let's uh, turn to our Bibles to woo. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter eight. Woo! Yes. So I want to read verse 1 to 18 and uh, in, in the message translation. So just bear with me. Verse one, it says, "Keep and live out of an, the entire commandment that I'm commanding you today." so that you will live and prosper and enter and own the land that God promised to your ancestors. Remember that every road that God led you on for those 40 years in the wilderness, pushing you to your limits, testing you so that you would know that what you were made of, whether you were to keep his commandments or not, he put you through hard times, he made you to go hungry, and then he fed you with manna, something your ancestors or your parents knew nothing about. So you would learn that men and women don't live by bread alone, but live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. It says your clothes didn't wear out, your feet didn't blister those 40 years. You learn deep in your hearts that God disciplines you the same way he disciplines his child. It says, so it's paramount that you keep the commandments of your God, your God, walk down the roads that he shows you, and reverently respect Him. God is about to bring you into the good land. A land with brooks, and rivers, and springs, and lakes, and streams, and hills, and through the valleys. It's a land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs, pomegranates, olives and oils, and honey. It's a land where you'll never go hungry. Always food on the table, and a roof over your head. It's a land where you'll get iron out of the rocks, and mine copper out of the hills. He says, after a meal, satisfied, bless God, your God, for the land that he has given you. He said, make sure that you forget not your God by keeping his commandments and his rules and regulations that I command you today. Make sure that you, when you eat, you're satisfied. Build pleasant homes and settle in. See that your herds and flocks flourish and more and more money come in. He said, watch your standard of living go up and up. He says, make sure... You don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget the God, your God. He says, God who delivered you from the Egyptian slavery and the God who led you through that huge and fearsome wilderness, those desolate bad lands crawling with fiery snakes and scorpions, that God who gave you the water gushing out from the hard rock, the God who gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors never heard of, in order to give you a taste of the hard life to test you so that you would be prepared to live well in the days ahead of you it says if you start thinking thinking to yourselves i did all this and but all by myself i am rich it's all mine well think again remember that god your god gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm his covenant that he promised to your ancestors as it is today. Amen, isn't that good? The message translation, yeah. And you know, God is, God's will is his word. And if God says something to you, it's gonna come to pass regardless. And when it comes to pass, one of two things is gonna arise out of a man's heart or a woman's heart. One of two things is going to come up out of your heart. It's either going to be pride, or it's going to be humility. It's either going to be, I did all this, this is all mine, or it's going to be number two. It's going to be, remember the Lord your God that gave you the strength, the ability to get wealth, to establish his covenant. I want you to turn to Galatians uh, chapter 3. But as you go there, Genesis uh, 12, 2 says, uh, this is what talking about our, fa- our father Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation. and I will bless you and I will make the name great and you shall be a blessing. Galatians chapter 3. Let's start at, uh, let's start at, um, you know, verse 6. Even Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. It says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith are the same as the children of Abraham. So what Abraham has is yours. Down to verse, uh, down to verse, and, uh, let's keep on reading verse eight. It says, in the scripture foreseen that God would justify the heathen through faith, preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, "In these shall all the nations of the earth be blessed." So then, they which are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Skip down to verse 11. This is, but then no man is justified by the law in the sight of God it is evident for the just shall live by faith. How many times has Pastor Gary taught on those, those scriptures, the just shall live by faith? Galatians 3.11, Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, and Hebrews 10.38. How many times? He's, I don't think he's preached enough on it. And Pastor, if you're watching, I'd love to hear that message again. The just shall live by faith. So, verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that's us, the nations, the church, uh, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Isn't that good? You know what? Many times, uh, you know, we read about our father Abraham, and we want... We want what Abraham had, but sometimes we're not willing to do what Abraham did. If you turn over to uh, Hebrews, we're going to be going through the scriptures tonight. Going through Hebrews. Hebrews chapter uh, 7, verse 1. Still hear page rustling. Pages is rustling. So verse 1 says, This is Melchizedek, the king of Salem, the priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also gave Abraham, or Abraham gave a tenth part of all he had, first being the interpretation of the king of righteousness after the king of Salem, which is the king of peace. Tithing is not for God, it's for us. The Bible says in Psalms 50, verse 10 it says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills so you know what God is rich he doesn't need our finances finances we need the finances to fulfill his covenant fulfill his promises so turn to Malachi 310 I know these are familiar scriptures but I don't want you to be familiar with them just look at them as they were your first uh, well Look at it the first time. Look at it like it's the first time. Well, really, it's the first. The first time I ever preached was was on these scriptures here, in Malachi three ten and Leviticus twenty seven thirty, and it was talking about tithing. That's the first revelation that God ever gave me uh, when I first became a Christian was about tithing. I didn't even know what tithing meant, and I got up in front of a Bible school and taught on tithing for ten minutes, and everyone looked at me like, whoa, you know, like. Here's a, here's a man teaching on that. I, I didn't even know what it was. But I'm some glad that God gave me a revelation on giving at an early age. Verse 10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Uh, and prove me now, who it saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour it a blessing, that there's not room enough to receive it. It says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast fr- fruit before its time in the field saith the lord hosts, i don't tithe because of verse 10. i, I, I tithe because of uh, verse 11. the bible says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake and you know what i don't want to see anything uh, spiritually physically or financially in my life destroyed and that's why that's why i tithe and tithing is just giving 10 percent of god to god you know and like i said before when i, ta- I taught a little bit on this about tithing was says, you know tithing is not an obligation but it's an opportunity for you to establish his covenant in the earth. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying that's going around, and I think the best saying, the best saying that I've ever heard this from is from the macho man, Randy Savage. <laughs> he said, and I've, I'll try to do his voice. Uh, a million percent is better than 100%, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a million percent is better than 100%. And we, we hear that saying all the time, 100%, 100%, 100%. And, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's great. You know, but you know what? Many people want the 100-fold. They want the 100% on the seed they sow. But they're not willing to give back God the 10% that, you know, the harvest they receive in God. And, you know, God can bless your 90% more than he can bless your 100%. You know, and I know that sounds kind of a little hard and harsh, but it's true. You know, God is never trying to take something from you. He's always trying to take or get something to you and through you. I'll tell you a little story about my hairdresser. I went to uh, I went to get my haircut one day. And um, so I pull up in, on my Harley and I have my, my, my patch on, my cut on. And, uh, you know, I go into the barber shop and... Just listen. Yeah. So anyways, I go into the barber shop and uh, I look for my hairdresser because I, am just very specific. I always have one hairdresser to cut my hair and she wasn't in that day and I really needed my haircut that day. So, so anyways, uh, you know, the, the owner, he goes, Oh, Hey James. He goes, uh, yeah, she's not in today, buddy. He goes, I, I can cut your hair. I said, I said, okay, that's yeah, for sure. So anyways, I, <laughs> I go in and I sit down and, uh, You know we just started talking and stuff like that and he said oh yeah do you think you have a hurley up there and he he knew what kind of hurley i had and stuff like that and uh, he said oh yeah you were tribe of judah right i said yeah i said and i just told him a little bit about it and he says oh yeah he says oh i already know everything about you i was like really i was like okay but anyways we just got talking and chatting and stuff and you know come to find out he was uh he was an an old club member and, um, but anyway, so, she, you know, we just had a great chat and he cut my hair and did a great job. And I went to, went to pay for, um, for my haircut. And, uh, so anyways, I, I was thinking, I was like, okay, he knows everything about the tribe of Jesus. like, does he know everything about me? Does he know that I'm a giver? And so anyways, I go to pay for the, uh, for the haircut and I had a $50 bill on me and, and I paid for the haircut and I gave him a tip and the tip that I usually give the girl, I said, um. I said to him, I said, can you give this to her as well? Even though she didn't cut my hair that day, I wanted to honor her and give her the tip, you know, because I was coming to see her, right? And he just looked up and his eyes just like, he's just like he's a light, right? And the Bible says, you know, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, right? But you know what? I let my light shine through my giving as well. And you know what? And even if through my generosity, if someone gets saved, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Turn to Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter, verse, chapter 16, starting at verse 10. It says, He that is faithful in that, in that which is least is also faithful in the much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust in the much. If therefore you have not been faithful in their unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you your the trust, the true riches? And if you have been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall have give you that which is your own? He said, no servant can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, or either hold on the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I made a commitment a long time ago. I don't want my tithe, I don't want my offering to ever stop God from trusting me in the much. And, uh, you know, I know what it's like to give a little. I know what it's like to sow a lot. I, and But the thing is, I'm content. And I remember probably, I think it's probably maybe 1998. Uh, I was maybe a couple months old in the Lord. And I think it was, ni- I think it was 98 or 99. It was the year that Pastor Gary gave his car away to the, the favor. And uh, so anyways, the Favor was there and, you know, I remember seeing Pastor Gary up on the stage and him saying to the congregation, I think God's telling me to give my car away to, to Mylon Lefebvre. And I, I was just amazed by that. I was like, how, why? Like, how can someone do that? Like, it was just, it baffled me. I was like, how can I get to that? You know what I mean? That I can, I can say, God, I'm going to give my car away to somebody. And so, anyways, I, I, I went and, like, this is just, I was newly saved. And so I went home and I said, God, I said, what can I do? I said, how can I become a partner with Mile in the Favor? And you know what? Mile in the Favor, uh, put aside from New Covenant Ministries, was the first ministry that I ever sowed into when I first got saved. And I asked God, I said, God, how much do you want me to give? And He said, I want you to give $5 a month. I said, all right. So, anyways, That was that was fine. But you know what? God doesn't look, God looks at the motive of the heart more than the amount. And you know, it's your heart that he's after. That's it. You know what I mean? But sometimes our heart is hooked up to our wallet. Turn to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. Verse 19. It says, Lay not up yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust do corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal he said lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust do corrupt where thieves do break through nor steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also before I ever had nice things before I ever had treasures like the Bible says he'll fill you with treasures before I ever had nice things wherever treasures I always had seed in the ground and I can still remember pastor Paul and Shirley and and I'm thankful for them. Thank you for Pastor Paul and Shirley for just, for preaching the word of God and staying faithful. And they always said, if you have a need, yeah, plant a seed. <laughs> so anyways, I remember, and this is where I was thinking of D today. Um, you know, I remember when I, when, when, we, when I first became a Christian um, and hearing those, hearing those sayings from Pastor Paul and Shirley, if you have any, plant a seed. I remember they used to have a lending library. And so anyways, the lending library would have a bunch of cassette tapes and books and, and video, VHS tapes and stuff like that. And the first thing I ever believed God for was a VHS, a video, you know, rec- video tape recorder. So I, can, you know, so I can get VHS tapes from the lending libraries and bring them home and so I can you know, listen to the word and stuff like that. So the first thing I believed God was for a Hi-Fi VCR, and I didn't even know what a Hi-Fi VCR was, but I knew the Hi-Fi was the best. So anyway, so I believe God for a Hi-Fi VCR, and you know, even my like my first job that I ever had, I remember uh, um, I said, God, I said, I don't know how I'm going to get to this job because I, I didn't have any money at the time. You know what I mean? I uh, I said, you know, how am I going to do this? And um, <laughs> So anyways, uh, where am I at here? Yeah, so anyways, I was bleeding God for a new job. And anyways, I got this call from this company and said, you know, I want you to start on Monday. And this was on a Friday that I got the call. And I said, Lord, I said, I need some finances to get to this job. And uh, anyways, he said, go look in your mailbox. I said, go look in my mailbox. He said, yeah, go look in your mailbox. And I hear I the voice of God. And so anyways, I went down the mailbox and there was a GST check. And you know what? I've never went without, and I've never went without a job for a period of time. You know what I mean? God has always supplied. He's always been faithful. And, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 37, 28, he says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You know, like I mentioned to you before, I used to live on $380 a month. $300 was my rent. $38 was my tithe, $2 was my offering, and $40 was for groceries. So you can think, where did that $5 come from to to sell into Mile in the Favor Ministries? It came out of my grocery money. But you know what? I never went without. I've always I always had food in my belly, food like always, my rent was always paid. I always God always blessed me. And you know, I remember being in the one room. Uh, room and house uh, that I was living in, I put this big Bristol board up and I put Matthew 6.33 and Philippians 4.19 in bold. I put it in a Sharpie or something like that because I remember Pastor Paul and Pastor Shirley saying, put the word in front of you, put the word in front of you. And so anyways, I put this big Bristol board up there and I put Matthew 6.33 up there and I didn't even know what Matthew 6.33 meant at the time, but I knew that you know I got given a Bible and I knew that they put that scripture in the in the front of the Bible and I knew if, if it was in somebody put that in the front of my Bible I knew that it was important So well, that's why I put it up there And Matthew 6 says but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you and I put Philippians 419 up there that says but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and you know even in moments of doubt my unsaved parents would come up to me and they'd say, you know what, James? No, God's gonna supply our needs. God's gonna supply all your needs. You know what I mean? Here's, the, here's, the, here's my parents preaching to me, right? And, you know, cause we all have those times where, you know, the cares of this life come in, try to choke the word and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm thankful that I had parents that, that looked at that scripture and kept on seeing that over and over and over and said, you know, James, God's gonna supply. Psalms 34, uh, nine and 10 says, Oh, you fear the Lord, who is saints. For there is no want to them that fear him. It says, that "The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall what? Shall never want anything. Shall never want any good thing." Turn to Philippians, Philippians chapter four. I want to read this in the uh, the message. I just think the message is great. I just, uh, you know, I read the King James a lot, but I've been trying to get into different translations and stuff. It just makes it easier for you to understand and, and to receive sometimes. So uh, starting at verse, uh, maybe verse 12, because it's, uh, it's not, it doesn't give you a verse number here. But so anyways, verse 12 It says, I'm glad in God, far happier. This is the Apostle Paul stay, talking, says, I'm glad in God, far happier than you would ever guess. Happy that you're, again, showing such strong concern for me. Not that you ever quit praying or thinking about me. You just had no chance to show it. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content. Whatever circumstances I'm in, just as happy with a little as with much. As with much as with little. He says, I found the recipe for being happy, whether I'm full or hungry, hands full or hands empty, whether I have, whether I, whenever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Skip down to verse 18. It says, now I have it all, and I keep getting more. The gifts you sent me through Ephroditus were more than enough. They were like a sweet-smelling sacrifice roasting on the altar filling the air with fragrance pleasing god to no end you can be sure that god will take care of everything you need his generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from jesus our god the father abounds in glory that just pours into eternity isn't that good isn't that good so i've learned that whatever state that i'm in Just to be content. And you know what? It's good that sometimes when you don't feel content, you can go to people that you trust and that are there to pray for you and believe with you and believe the best for you. Praise God. Yeah. You know, I have a rule in my house. This is a rule in my house that uh, if you're ever over for dinner or ever around me, you'll never... Go hungry. You'll never go hungry. And you know, um, <laughs> it's funny. But my, when my little niece and nephew come over, I've you know, and they're seven and ten, and I tell them, I, you know, I, t- I say, you know, one of God's name is El Shaddai. Like really? I said, yeah. You know what El Shaddai means? It means the God of more than enough. And I said, you know what? I said, Uncle, he's El Uncle. You know what I mean? <laughs> and what I mean by what I mean by that is that you know. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.1, he says, we're supposed to imitate God. We're supposed to be like the same. We're one with him. And so anyways, I, I, I jokingly say, you know, I'm El uncle. You know what I mean? You'll always have more than enough when you're with uncle, right? Right? I believe God for those things, right? <laughs> Turn to Psalms 92. Psalms 92. In verse 12. It says, "And the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree; he shall grow up like a cedar of Lebanon." You know what a palm tree does? It's flexible under pressure, and when it's in a storm, it bends over. And you know what? When the storm's over, it bends back up. You can you can preach on that. I could preach on that if I want to. But it says and it says, verse thirteen. It says, "And those that are planted, not moved, in the house of the Lord shall flourish." In the courts of our God, that word flourish in the Hebrew and in, in, in dictionary.com, it says it means to break forth abundantly, spring up, blossom bud, to be successful, to influence, to prosper, to sound a trumpet call, to be healthy. It's like plants thriving in the light. It's like my, my sunroom where I have all my plants are, they're thriving in the light. So, so yeah, you know what, even when, or let's go keep on reading verse 14. It says, and they shall bring forth fruit in their old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. That word fat, it means in the Hebrew, it means blessed with God's prosperous abundance. Isn't that good? Yeah. And they should bring forth fruit in their old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. Why? Verse 15, to show that the Lord is upright, and he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Praise the Lord. Even when storms come, even when storms come, keep sowing. Keep sowing. Don't give up. Right? Be like a, be like a palm tree that you can bend under pressure and don't break. Like I said, storms, storms come. But you know what? Storms are temporary. You know, we had rain for the last, uh, I don't know how long. Not, not 40 days and 40 nights, but the Bible says we are living in the days of Noah but I don't think he's going to rain for 40 days. But you know what? It, it seems so long that we, we just kind of couldn't picture the sun coming out. But you know what? Praise God. The sun is out. It's shining. I know my buddy got his Mustang out, so that's good, you know? But, um, but anyways, praise God for the sun. <laughs> but you know what? Galatians 6.9, it says, you know, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you, what, don't quit, you don't cave in. And you know what? There's more verses on money than there is faith and prayer in the Bible. If you're writing anything down, write this down. Always examine the motive behind your giving. It doesn't matter how big or small the seed will be. What truly matters is that your obedience to do what God tells you to do. Turn to uh, 2 Corinthians. We're going to read this in the message. The message translation. And let's start at, I think, verse 5, chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5. I think it's verse 5. It says, I want you to have all the time you need to make this offering in your own way. I don't want anything forced or hurried at the last minute. He says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. He said, a lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. It says God can pour on a blessing in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything. More than just ready to do what needs to be done, as one psalmist puts it, it, he throws caution to the winds Giving the needy a reckless in reckless abandonment, he says, is right. Living and right giving ways never run out, never wear out. He said, this is the most generous God, who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals. Is more extravagant with you. He gives you something that you can give away, which grows into a full-formed, our full form lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. I wrote this down. It says, God takes pleasure in you prospering his way. When you think abundantly, it's easy for you to sow because you know that God will do what he says. He gives seed to the sower, knowing that everything will come back to you in abundance. Like I said, when I was praying over the offering, Ecclesiastes 11.1, He says, if you cast your bread upon the water, you shall find it after what? Many days. Psalms 35, 27, and 28 say, he says, let them shout for joy and be glad to favor my righteous cause. He says, let them continually say, let the Lord be magnified who has what? Pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. In verse 28, he says, and my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness, righteousness and the praise all the day long. And John 10, 10 says, you know, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what? Jesus came to give you life inhabited abundance hallelujah faith comes by hearing you know that yeah so you know what don't be afraid to give god pleasure in your prosperity don't take it lightly when he does remember verse 28 my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and thy praise all the day long A story uh i was at work one time and i was working with a young fella and uh anyways I usually, I usually uh, carry money on me, and um, anyways, I, uh, I I know my wife knows this. That when I carry money in my wallet, uh, she knows it's there, and you know I don't hide nothing from her. And but anyways, it's always it's always coming and going because I, I just can't hold it in there. I just it, it's just. It's, it's either I spend it on somebody or I give it to somebody in need or, you know what I mean, I just like blessing people. And uh, so when he was, I was at work one time and with this young fellow, this apprentice, and we were just uh, stopped by the shop and we were cleaning out my truck and this, this, this fellow was uh, looking through the garbage. And uh, he asked me, he said, oh, is it okay if I go through the garbage looking for cans and bottles? I said, oh, yes. I said, no worries. I said, I said, um, I said, yeah, that's not a problem. And so, anyways, I got talking to him, and I, you know, I'm I'm open. I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So I just got talking to him and and talking about the Lord and stuff. And and I said, I got something for you. And if you know me, I like bubbly. I like, you know, different kinds of bubbly and stuff like that. So there's always more than enough bubbly at my house. You know what I mean when you come over. But anyway, so I have this, I have all this bubbly and all these cans. They always pile up. And so, anyways, I, I put these cans and bottles in a, in a bag and I put them in my van. And, and when I'm driving along the road, I always look for, you know, uh, people that are, you know, picking up bottles and stuff. And I'll usually stop by and I'll say, Hey, you know, God loves you. Bless you. I said, here, I got something for you. And you know, their face lights right up and that's great. You know, it just, it just blesses them. Right. So anyways, this, I said, I said to the guy, I saw it got, i has got, got something for you. So I went around, my van and I had two big bags. So I came out and he, his eyes just lit right up and he was like, "Oh my gosh!" It was just like, it's just like he just won the jackpot. It, that's what it felt like to him, right? And uh, so, anyways, I, I, I gave him that and uh, I just told him, I said, "Hey, you know, God loves you. And, you know, He bless you." Blah blah blah. And, and then I heard the Lord say, "Give him some cash." And I was like, "Okay, Lord." So, anyways, I. I went to the front seat and got my wallet out and and i gave him some i get got some cash and i put it in his hand and i said i just want to i want to give this to you the lord told me to give this to you and all the while the young fellow is looking at me right and uh, i just said i just want to tell you that god loves you and he just wants the best for you and so anyways he just started bawling in front of me this is an older man just started bawling in front of me he goes he goes, I, I just can't believe it. You know, somebody would do this. You know what I mean? And he was just overwhelmed. And, um, you know, what I thought was little was a lot for him. What I thought was little was a lot for him. And it really blessed him. And, uh, you know, he said, Oh, because I, I said to him, I said, uh, Do you live around here? He said, Oh, yeah, I just live around the corner. He said, Well, I said, You know what? I said, Every time I get cans and bottles, I said, I'll just throw them behind the garbage bin. And, You can come by and pick them up, and you know what? That was the only time I ever seen them. I never seen them after that. And you know that you never know. You could that could have been an angel. I I don't know, right? But you know when we uh, me and the young fellow we got back into the to the van, the young fellow he was just like flabbergasted because I don't think he ever experienced that before. He was just like man. He's like that was that was awesome and uh so anyways he said man you should have put that on video i said no 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 i said no i said no i said no what I, I said i don't want to do that and i'll explain to you why right but and i'll explain to you later what, what i said to him i said no i don't want to put that on video this is this is uh this is cool matthew chapter six go to matthew chapter six matthew chapter six verse one it says this is jesus speaking It says, take heed that you do not your alms before men. Seed and alms are different. Okay? Alms, what he's talking, Jesus is talking about here, says compassion towards the poor. It says, take take heed that you do not your alms before men, you see, to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father, which is in heaven. He said, therefore, when you do your alms, don't sound a trumpet before men as hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. He said, verily I say unto you, that they have the reward. But when you do your alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand is doing. He says, that thy alms may be in secret, that your father, which sees in secret, will reward thee, what, openly. You know what? I've seen videos, I've seen reels on, 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 that type of subject and I, I enjoy them don't get me wrong i really enjoy them I enjoy seeing people get blessed I, I rejoice with people when they get blessed but for me i, I don't I, I don't put them on videos because you know what sometimes what people think that they're doing something out of love but really it's it's out of pride and i can see that in 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 um matthew chapter 7 he says in verse 21 it says not everyone that says unto me lord lord shall enter in the kingdom of heaven but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. He said, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have we not cast out devils, and in thy name have we not done, what, wonderful works? He said, then I'll profess unto them that I never knew you. Depart from me, he that works in iniquity. Galatians 5, 6 says that faith works by love. And you know what? We're supposed to live in love, we're supposed to walk in love, and we're supposed to give in faith, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this is, talks about love. He says, love vaunteth not in itself. It does not brag in speech or in actions. It does not display one's actions, success, possessions. It's not puffed up or prideful. And the reason, the reason why I, 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 I don't do that, and I told this to the young fella, is that, and this is what I said to him, I said, by doing so, you protect someone's dignity giving one a sense of hope despite their situations and their circumstances that they might be going through. Yeah. I'll I'll say that again. By doing so, you protect someone's dignity, giving one a sense of hope despite the situations and the circumstances one may be going through. So you know what? If I'm giving to somebody that's down and out, I want to make sure that it's between me, that person, and God. Because I want my, God says he'll reward me openly when I do it in secret, right? So, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 19. Actually, verse 20. I read this before. It says, but lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. This where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I always wondered how to lay up treasures in heaven. I always wondered that. How do I lay up treasures in heaven, Lord? And then he, ta- he, he brought me to uh, Matthew, or Mark. If any man thirst, yeah, let him drink. <laughs> it's a warm one out today. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. This is talking about the rich young ruler. Verse uh, 17. It says, and when he was gone forth in the way, there came one running and kneeled to him. And he asked him, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. He said, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not fraud not and honor your mother and your father. And he answered and said unto him, master, all these I have observed from my youth. And then Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said one thing that you lacked. Go your way, and sell whatsoever you have, and give to the poor, and you shall have a treasure in heaven. And come and come and take up your cross and follow me. The rewards, the rewards in heaven far outweigh the riches that were ever experienced here on this earth. And the only thing that you can take with you when you go to heaven is the things that you give away. Is, is the seeds that you sow, right? I took a note, and I, you can write this down too. I said, everything that God has given us is to be richly enjoyed, but not held on so tight that we lose the spirit of generosity. What God has given us is seed, and the harvest that is produced from that seed is meant to impart and make known who Jesus really is, that they may have eternal life. Genesis 12, too talks about Abraham. But you know what? It talks about you too. That you're blessed to be what? A blessing. You know, and I think we all need to be taught, you know, and reminded of giving and receiving. We need to renew our minds in those things. And we need to believe God for finances. How many times you, you know, sometimes when you have people come up here for prayer and they're having a problem with finances, you know, they need finances, they need to pay the rent, they need groceries, they need to, you know, pay for their. Sons or daughters schooling and stuff like that. We're, we're always believing God for them for finances. And you know what? I'll keep on believing God until I see the breakthrough. You know, and it takes money to preach the gospel. And the end goal is the harvest that God wants from our seed. And that's what? Souls. That's that's most important to them. These last two verses, and that I want to t- turn to, it's our job description. And I'll turn to um, turn to John chapter 4 in the message. John chapter 4 in the message. This is our job description. Verse uh, verse 31, I believe. As you look around right now, wouldn't you say that in about four months it will be the time of harvest? Well, I'm telling you to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. These Samaritan fields are ripe in its harvest time. The harvester isn't waiting. He's taking his pay, gathering his grain that's ripe for eternal life. So now the sower is arm in arm with the harvester, triumphant. That's the truth of this saying. This one sows, that one harvests. I sent you in the harvest field that you never worked without lifting your finger. You have walked on the field, worked long and hard by others. Matthew. Chapter 10, verse 38. And you know what? If you've never heard a message on giving and receiving, you can start right here. It's this simple. This is Jesus speaking. Verse uh, 38. No, verse 42, 1042. Matthew 1042. It says, and this is a large work I've called you to, But don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to start small. Give a cool cup of water to someone who is thirsty, for instance. The smallest act of giving receiving makes you a true apprentice, and you won't lose out on a thing. He's the journeyman. We're just the apprentice. We're his disciple. We just have to do what he says and do what he does. It's that simple. It's that simple. So I believe and thank you uh, for listening to me talk about what God showed me and uh, bless you tonight. If any anyone needs prayer, if anyone's believing God for finances, I'm going to believe with you. The Bible says in Matthew 18:19. it says, if two agree on touching anything, it shall be done. And I'll be your two. And my wife will be the three. And, you know, it says we're two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the midst of us. So, you know, he's, he's, he's our fourth man. in <laughs> fire. But praise the Lord. The Bible says in Romans thirteen and eight. He says it's God's will that you owe no man nothing but to love him, and love is fulfilling the law. And all you got to do is love. You know the Bible says in Matthew twenty two thirty seven and thirty nine. It says love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And uh, I think the greatest thing, you know, for God so loved the world that He gave. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to be like God. I want to give. You know what I mean? We can't outgive God. I try to all the time. You know, I tell my wife, I try all the time to, to outgive. And uh, it, it just keeps on coming back to me over and over and over. And I'm just so appreciative of, um, of New Covenant Ministries Church. And I thank you. You know what I mean? You guys are the ones that have been faithful and stuck it through. You know what I mean? And the Bible says the faithful shall inherit blessings. And uh, you guys are the faithful. So praise the Lord.